Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. We are back in the book of Acts. And... uh, and so we're back in the book of Acts and we're in Acts chapter 19 today. We're only going to make it through the first six verses. But um, I, I really feel like this is a very, very important message for some of you this morning. And, 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 and I think as I begin to talk about what we're going to talk about today, I think some of you may get a little nervous or anxious or But we're talking about scripture today. And let me just remind you that anytime we go to scripture, you got to remind yourself, though I may not understand everything, I can trust God. Right? Because listen, you don't have to understand everything to believe something. Right? People go, I don't understand it all. Well, you don't have to understand everything to believe something and you don't have to have full understanding, full understanding in order to walk in obedience to God's word. So today we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I just want to make sure you know where we're going. At the end of today's service, I'm going to ask you to come forward and we're going to pray for you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to address this a little bit later in my message, but it's not going to be weird because that's what people think. Nobody's going to lay hands on you. Nobody's. We're going to talk about this in a little bit, but I just want you to begin to prepare in your heart. I want you to begin to ask God for everything that he has for you. Let me tell you something. The Bible says it's the anointing of God that breaks yokes of bondage. And I think sometimes there's some yokes of bondage just from a... um, unrealistic expectations or wrong belief in something. And the Holy Spirit is here this morning to set you free. But let me also remind you that the enemy is here this morning to keep you from what God has for you. Right. Make sure you're listening to the Holy Spirit that always draws us to Christ and not to the enemy who always draws us away from Christ. So can we pray this morning and ask God, to bless this service. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the privilege that we have of opening your word and learning together. Father, today I pray that you would do in this service what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now to touch us, to draw us closer to Christ. We rebuke the enemy. We bind the enemy from all that he would come to do to keep people from what God has for us. Father, have your way and do what only you can do in this service. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hey, so we're in Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Let me read this to you. I'm talking to us today on three baptisms for every believer. Three baptisms for every believer. Okay, so um, this is for every one of us in this room. If you're a believer here today, and if you're not a believer, you're going to have an opportunity before you leave this service to become a believer. Because the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. So Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6 says, And it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples. 
And he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Let me stop right here and say this. Some of you may have grown up in churches that you would say the exact same thing. We never even heard about the Holy Spirit. But it's all throughout Scripture, right? And so what's most important is not what we teach here. What's most important is what God's Word teaches here. Amen? And what we teach here should line up with what's in here. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. And Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized. This is water baptism. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So I want to talk to you about three baptisms for every believer, because I think that there are people in this room, a large amount of people who would say, well, I followed the first baptism. And there are some who would say a smaller number would go, well, I, I've experienced the second baptism. And an even smaller number would say, well, I've experienced the third baptism. But all three baptisms are for each one of us. So the first baptism is this. Let me just walk you through these three baptisms. The first baptism is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Now, when we talk about baptism today, we're using the Greek word. The Greek word, there's only one word in, in the Greek for baptism, and it's baptizo. And it means to be immersed or submerged. And so today when we talk about baptism, we're talking about being immersed or submerged into what God has for us. So the first baptism is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13 says this, for in one spirit... We were all baptized into one body for into one spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. We were all baptized into one body. The body is the body of Christ or Jesus. Okay, this is salvation. When you were saved, you were baptized into Jesus, into the body of Christ. Let me just stop and say this. When I preach, when I get to preach here in Midtown, some of the, sometimes y'all come up to me afterwards and go, I love it when you preach because you're so funny. I'm not going to be funny today. I, got, I hate to disappoint you. Like we're going to teach through some, some doctrine stuff here. Is that all right with you? Okay, so we're going to teach through some stuff. So I'm not as smart as Dr. Scott, but I'm just going to try. All right, so. So that first baptism is the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. This is salvation. You're going to see this in some other verses that I want, I want you to see in just a minute. So the second baptism is the disciple baptizes us in water. Okay, Jesus baptized the Holy Spirit baptizes us in Jesus. Right. The Holy Spirit draws us to Christ, even as unbelievers. And the disciple baptizes us in water. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. It's what we call the Great Commission. It's Jesus, after the resurrection, reappears to the disciples and gives them this charge. 
In Matthew 28, 19, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. This is water baptism, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So when we practice water baptism here, you know that we practice full submersion, right? Because that's what the Greek word means. It means to be submerged or to be immersed. And this is, listen, I've baptized people in a hospital bed with a little, little bit of water. That, that, this is where we're going to get hung up, right? But one thing you need to know is it's why you don't have to be baptized by a pastor, but you do need to be baptized by a disciple, a follower of Christ. And then the third baptism is this. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit, and this is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I baptize you with water for repentance. This is John the Baptist speaking. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me, which would be Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. And he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now, there's an interesting, um, I have an interesting thought for you, because I think sometimes when we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, again, I think people get uncomfortable and just don't, they don't have a clear understanding of what it is or how you receive it. We're going to deal with that today. But you need to know how important the baptism of the Holy Spirit is as it relates to Scripture. So the baptism in the Holy Spirit is in all four Gospels. Okay, now let me just give you a little bit. So Matthew, Mark and Luke are what we call the synoptic Gospels or the similar Gospels. Right. They all record the birth of Jesus And then they jump to the third year of Jesus's ministry after the beheading of John the Baptist. And Matthew, Mark and Luke talk about uh, the beheading of John the Baptist. And then they talk about uh, the crucifixion of Christ and the resurrection. John, on the other hand, at 70 A.D., realizes there's this gap because Matthew, Mark and Luke don't even deal with the first two years of Jesus's ministry. And so if you go read John, the book of John, the gospel of John, you're going to see things in the gospel of John. You won't see it all in Matthew, Mark and Luke. You won't see in Matthew, Mark and Luke, the wedding feast where Jesus turned the water into wine. You won't see uh, John chapter four, where he talks to the the Samaritan woman right uh, there at the well. Over and over again, there are things that are in John that are not in the synoptic gospels. However, there are four things There are only four things that are found in all four Gospels. It is the death, the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I think that that tells us that 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 God wanted to put some importance on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so you can go, I'm not going to go through all the verses, but you can uh, look in Matthew 3 and Luke 3, as well as Mark 1 and John 1, and you will see in those chapters the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You may remember 
Matthew chapter 3, and, and, in, and I don't know the books in the other Gospels, but I know Matthew 3 is when Jesus comes to John the Baptist to be baptized in the Jordan River, right? You remember this? Jesus comes to John and says, I need you to baptize me. And, and John resists. And Jesus said, let it be so in order to fulfill all prophecy. And John the Baptist baptizes him. And the Bible said that as he came out of the water, that the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. Right. And then God spoke from heaven and said, this is my son whom I love. And in him I am well pleased. But we see the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus. Let me just remind you today that if Jesus needs the Holy Spirit, you and I need the Holy Spirit. Right. Jesus is our, our example. Let me say this, Jesus. So we're talking about the three baptisms, salvation, water baptism and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't need salvation. He was born perfect. He didn't need to be reborn like we did. Right. We were born with a sin nature. And so we became born again to take on the righteous nature of Christ. But we see Jesus being baptized in water. And maybe today you would say, I've never as an adult, because let me just let me say this. I may be getting ahead of myself, but let me just say this. Some of us were christened as children and that's okay. But let let me answer this. Let me say this. The reason we don't baptize children here is because that's not the example we see in Scripture. The Bible says that when Jesus was born on the eighth day, Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple, not to be baptized, but to be dedicated to the Lord. Right. So that's the example we see in Scripture. And so that's why we don't baptize children. But again, you may go to a Christian. Listen, it's all good. But let me say this. You may have been baptized as a child and someone made that decision for you. But as an adult, you need to make that decision for yourself to follow in obedience to God's word. So Jesus is our example. He was baptized. The Holy Spirit was upon him. Listen to Acts chapter one, verses four and five. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, what I'm going to read to you is the last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended to heaven. Let me start over. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise. Right. So of the father, which he said, Jesus is speaking here. You heard from me for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. So the last words Jesus spoke on earth before he ascended to heaven was about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, wait for the promise. And then if, if you know, if you grew up in a church like this, you know that the, the very next chapter, Acts chapter two, we see the day of Pentecost in the upper room, right? And there in the upper room, we see uh, people 
filled with the Holy Spirit. So in Acts chapter one, Jesus says, wait for the promise. If I tell you to wait for a promise and I say it like this, don't you think it's going to be something good? (laughs) Right. Wait for the promise. And the very next chapter in the at the day of can I just read that to you? It's not in my notes and it's not. let Let me just read that to you real quick. Listen to this. Acts chapter one, wait for the promise. Acts chapter two, when the day of Pentecost had fully come. Hey, this, I got this Bible out of the lost and found. So if this is yours, I didn't steal it. Just come and find, just come and find me. But I've had it for about two months. So you really haven't been reading much of your Bible. So we're going to trust that you just bought another one. I'll make you a good price on this one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, meaning they were all in unity. They were waiting for the promise that Jesus told them about. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And then there appeared to them, there were 120 of them, right? Then then. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. So Jesus says, wait for the promise in Acts 1. Acts chapter 2, we see the upper room, the day of Pentecost, and they're filled with the Holy Spirit. That was the promise. If you go read later in Acts chapter two, you will see that Peter gets up and preaches that this was the fulfill. This is the fulfillment of the promise that Jesus spoke about about. Now, listen to Acts chapter two, verse thirty eight. You with me? Everybody good. All right. Acts chapter two, verse thirty eight. Peter replied, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do you see what you do you see in this verse? Listen. Repent, that's salvation. Right? Repent and believe. That's salvation. And be baptized, that's water baptism, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let me just stop and say this because this is a verse of scripture that some denominations Uh, have camped out on and developed a whole lot of doctrine on. Because here's what it says. It says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. And there are denominations who teach in order to be saved, you have to be baptized in water because forgiveness comes through the baptism in water. The word in the Greek there of... Is, is, is a word basically translated ice, and it means in light of. And what scripture is really saying is this. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, in light of the forgiveness of your sins. In other words, considering the fact that God has saved you from, from death and damnation, considering that he's forgiven your sins, in light of all that God has done for you, Follow him in obedience and be baptized in water. Does that make sense? 
Because you will have some people who want to argue with you that if you weren't baptized, you can't go to heaven. Right. And most of those people say you have to be baptized in Jesus name, in Jesus name only. But Acts chapter but Matthew, chapter 28, Jesus himself said, be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. OK, I'm probably getting off into some work, some woods here, some weeds. So there are many people and maybe you grew up in a church like this. There are many people that, that are called cessationists that believe that the gifts of the spirit are the working of the spirit. All those things that come with the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in a minute. That those were only for the, the 120 that were in the upper room. That the gift of the spirit was for those 120 in the upper room. And God gave it to them and they died and there's no more need. God no longer works miracles and healing and all of those things. I don't know about you, but I have a feeling in this room we could debunk that just by having a testimony time. Right. And talk about healings and talk about miracles and talk about all that God is still doing, has done and all that God is still doing. Amen. Amen. And listen. How many of you know God knows everything? And God probably knew. God did know. Why did I just say God knows everything? And then I said God probably. <laughs> oh, Jesus, I should have finished Bible college. All right. <laughs> so. Acts chapter 2, verse 38 said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen. And the very next verse says. For the promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. That's me and you. Right. The Holy Spirit is not only for the 120, but it's also he is also for us. All right. Acts chapter eight. I want to show you this. I want to show you these three baptisms in a couple of passages. Okay. Acts chapter 8, verses 12 and then 14 through 17. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news, right? So they believed they were saved. When they believed, as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, then they were baptized, both men and women. And now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So right here we see that they heard the message of the gospel, but they not only heard it, they received it. They were saved. And then we see that they were baptized in water. And then Peter and John came and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen on any of them, meaning the Holy Spirit, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's salvation. Then they laid their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. There are three baptisms, the baptism of salvation, the baptism of water and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to our text in Acts chapter 19. And I want to read it to you again in light of these three baptisms. OK. And it happened that while Paul, while Apollos was at Corinth, 
Paul passed through the inland country and came to Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said, no, we haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. What he was saying here wasn't that. So at the time of salvation, you get a portion of the Holy Spirit, right? But that's not the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'll explain that in just a second. What he was saying was this. When you believed, did anybody also tell you about the Holy Spirit? And they're saying, no, we don't even know. We didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And he said, into what were you, what then were you baptized? They said, into John's baptism. You remember, John came preaching, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. He came preaching salvation. So that we see that first baptism of salvation. They said into John's baptism. Paul said John baptized with the baptism of repentance, telling the people to believe in the one who was to come after him. That is Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized. This is water baptism. They were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. So three baptisms. The first is salvation. Listen, the baptism in, through the baptism of salvation, we become a new person. We can spend all afternoon hearing your story of who you were, what God did to reach you and who you are now. And you're not perfect, but you sure are better than you were. Right. And you could testify to who you used to be and who you are today. And the, the, the common denominator is I surrendered to Jesus. The second baptism is water baptism. In water baptism, the old person is buried and then we get an opportunity to go public with our faith, uh, with our new life in Christ. Listen, water baptism is very symbolic. It's a, a, a symbolism that we've been buried to an old life of Christ and been resurrected to a new life with Christ. And that's why when we do water baptism, it's something that we celebrate here. Because it's an opportunity for people to go public with their faith. And then the third baptism is spirit baptism or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is when we're empowered to walk out our new life in Christ. Now, there are always people that ask this question. Do I have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? Well, I think you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. Yeah. Right? I mean, let's be honest. It's Walmart. Right? You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to go to heaven. But I can tell you this. If you want to walk in overcoming life and you want all that God has for you and you want to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, then you got to say yes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Getting to heaven only requires salvation. You don't have to be baptized in water to get to heaven. You don't have to be baptized in the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. The, the proof of this is the thief on the cross. The thief on the cross is, is there next to Jesus. And you remember, he acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, who Jesus is. And Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise. Now, if I'm the thief, I'm saying, hey, I got to cut. You got to let me down. I got to go get baptized in water. But that wasn't an option, right? He wasn't baptized in water. He wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit. And yet Jesus said that he would go to heaven. 
But let me remind you, the thief on the cross is not our example. Jesus is our example. Right? And Jesus was baptized in water and Jesus had the Holy Spirit. Many believers do the same thing as the thief on the cross. They get saved and then they stop right there. Listen, if you're here today and you're a believer in Christ, you've accepted Christ as your savior and you've never followed the Lord in water baptism. I'm just telling you, I'm praying right now that you just simply say yes to what we see in scripture. Literally right there in the chair back in front of you. There's one of these somewhere in this stolen Bible. I I know I saw uh, there's one of these. I didn't steal it. I took it. I guess it's different. In the chair back in front of you, there's one of these blue and white get the connected cards, right? And what it says is right here. I want to, I've decided to be water baptized. Can I just tell you, some of you right now need to take that card and just write your name out and your phone number and say, I want to be baptized. And the next time we do a baptism, we'll call you and we'll schedule you and we'll celebrate with you. We get nothing out of this other than watching you walk in obedience to God's word. And some of you, that's your very next step. You've accepted Christ as Savior, but now you need to go public with your faith. I challenge you today to fill out a card to just say, I want to be baptized in water. Take that step. So, again, many believers get saved and then they stop there and they don't be, they're not water baptized and they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of believers are leery. People who have accepted Christ are leery of the Holy Spirit because of a lack of understanding of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Again, people will say, well, didn't I get enough of the Holy Spirit when I got saved? Listen, When you got saved, you received an indwelling of the Holy Spirit for salvation. But there's also an empowerment for service. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is literally a baptism for service. I like to explain it this way. I don't want to single anybody else, but how many of you in this room are American citizens? Right. So most of us in this room are American citizens. Let me ask you another question. How many of you have served in the military? Thank you. Thank you. We're, most of us are citizens, but some of us took another step to say, I, to say, I not only want to enjoy the freedoms, but I want to go into service, right, to protect who we are as a nation. The baptism salvation is, I'm, I want to be a part of the, I want to be a citizen, And you are the baptism of the Holy Spirit is saying, I don't want to just be a believer. I want to be in service to God and I want to do what God wants me to do. Right. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you for that and enables you to walk that out. There are other people who say, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it makes me nervous because I don't want to be weird. 
I get that. I don't want to be weird. I'm not weird. I'm not weird. I'm not weird. Right? Hey, listen, it's raining. We can't go anywhere. I'm just going to keep preaching. If Pastor Scott was here, he really would. So people say, I don't want to be weird. Listen to me. Christ is our example. Jesus was filled. uh, Jesus was, was as filled with the spirit as you can be. And Jesus wasn't weird. Even the things he did that were not the norm, he did so by the leading of the spirit and good things happened. And I just want to ask you this question. Who defines weird for you? Who defined weird for you? Because let me just tell you, not everything that is called of the spirit is really of God. You turn the TV on and you watch some crazy preacher and people are freaking out. And Listen, just because they say it's of God doesn't mean it really is of, the, of God. I'm not saying it's not. You can... I'm just saying there's a whole lot of stuff today that people say is God. That's not really God at all. Right. John 4, 24, Jesus told the woman at the well that they that they worship those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Listen, if it's not. If it's not found in the truth of God's word, you need to walk away from it. Right? That's what's weird. Acts chapter 238, we read earlier, it said that you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit is a gift. You remember Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, it says this. If you, being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more does the heavenly father know how to give good gifts to those who ask him? You know what he's saying? Oh, you think what you give is good? You just wait and see what I give. Right? And he said, wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Listen, what God wants for us is that we receive the Holy Spirit, that we be empowered for service and we understand, have a better understanding of who God is and what God wants to use us to do. The gift of the Holy Spirit isn't a specific gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit and he encompasses all of the gifts. If if I told Mr. Ladge I wanted to give him a set of golf clubs. Really, you should be giving me a set of golf clubs. I only have one. You probably have more than one. So uh, I'm going to go through your garage. So if I told him I wanted to bring, give him a set of golf clubs and I bring him a seven iron, have I brought him a, golf, a set of golf clubs? No, I brought him one club. When people think about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they think about one gift and that's tongues. Can I just tell you the goal of the baptism of the Holy Spirit isn't tongues. Quit being scared. That's not even the goal. The goal is to have the Holy Spirit himself. But the Bible says that there are gifts of the Holy Spirit. Can I just walk you through these real quick? It's it's found in, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to just share it with you. 
It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 through 10. And I've broken them down into three categories. Each category has three gifts. There are nine gifts that we see there in 1 Corinthians 12, nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Let me just share them with you real quick. First of all, there's gifts of revelation. The first three gifts are when you receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has, can give you the gift of the word of wisdom. This is wisdom for decisions and understanding God's will for yourself and others. Do you want wisdom? Do you want understanding? You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in James chapter 1 verse 5. Man, I quote this scripture all the time. Hey, anybody who needs wisdom, ask God and he will give you wisdom liberally. Right? So you, you, the first gift is the word of wisdom. Second is word of knowledge. This is for understanding, seeing, see circumstances and issues from a spiritual angle. Can I just tell you, so many times we look at something and we just think it's just what we see. Listen to me. There's typically something behind it. And this word, the word of uh, knowledge gives you, it, it lets you see things from a spiritual perspective. And then we see the discerning of spirits, which is simply understanding what's from God and what is not. In counseling, I pray for a spirit of discernment all the time because I'll be sitting down with somebody and they'll be saying one thing and I'll be discerning something different. And I'll just go, is that really true? Now, I got to be careful because they're paying me. Right. So is that really true? He goes like, what do you mean? I don't think you're being honest. Well, that's discernment that comes from the Holy Spirit. Right. And many times he'll go. You're right. I'm exaggerating. I don't know why I'm saying he whatever. Right. And so you've got the gift of discern, the discerning of spirit. So that was the gifts of revelation. Then we see the gifts of inspiration, the gifts of inspiration or prophecy, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Prophecy is simply the gift to declare a message from God. Tongues is a prayer language and at times can be used for prophecy. But the primary uh, benefit of tongues is for your personal prayer language. I'll explain that in just a second. And then interpretation of tongues, right? Being able to interpret a prophecy for the benefit of the body. And then thirdly, the gifts of power, which is faith, which is the gift to trust God with everything then healing, and then miracles. Can I tell you what comes as a byproduct of all those gifts when you walk in them is the boldness of the Holy Spirit. To simply be able to walk in boldness, this is what I feel and this is what I believe God is. And God, the Holy Spirit gives you boldness. So again, many people only think of speaking in tongues when they think about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and then they shy away. Can I just tell you, I speak in tongues. I was in sixth grade. I got saved when I was seven years old. So what? that's probably second or third grade. Uh, Sixth grade, I'm at 605 South College uh, going to school at the Assembly of Christian School, which was the school of the uh, First Assembly of God Church here in town. And they brought in a singing group and they began to pray for people. And out of nowhere, I just began to speak in tongues. It wasn't weird. It wasn't crazy. Listen, and I use it as a part of my prayer language. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. Some of you read the books of Paul 
but you don't want to follow the, the, the baptism of Paul. Right? Like you gain wisdom from the Pauline epistles, Ephesians and Galatians and Philippians and all that stuff. But then you're like, oh, no, I don't, I don't be like Paul. I don't want to speak in tongues. Again, the primary benefit of tongues is in your personal life, your personal prayer life. Listen to Romans 8, 26. I don't have it on the screen. Listen to this. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. In other words, when I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit, it's just the Holy Spirit praying through me. Right? So you need to trust God with what you need, but you also need to trust God with what he has for you. And then not only does he give gifts, he also produces fruit. Listen to the fruit of the spirit in Galatians chapter five. The fruit of the spirit, right, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Some of us need self-control. I've seen you on Johnson Street. Right? The fruit of the spirit's not weird. I got to stop right here. When I was a young boy, I was fascinated with the life of D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a great revivalist. He, he had a ministry in Chicago. This is a long time ago. And I read his autobiography probably in my 20s. And he talked about being in ministry and being scared of the Holy Spirit. But he had these two old ladies, older ladies, who would regularly come up to him and say, we're praying for you to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he would just kind of walk away. And I'm talking, this is a man who's running a ministry. This is. And then he told the story of one day being by himself after he had studied the Holy Spirit and said, God, I just want everything you have for me. And since the spirit of God filling him. And he talked about what his ministry was like before the the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what it was like after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You can also go read this in the life of Charles Finney and Charles Spurgeon and and different revivalists who talk about who they were before the baptism. They were believers. They were in ministry. They were preaching. And then who they were after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. D.L. Moody and Charles Finney literally would tell stories Go look at Power from on High by Charles Finney. They would they, they tell stories of just walking into a factory and people beginning to shake under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Many of you have followed the Lord in a baptism of salvation. Some of you have followed him through a baptism of water. But there's also this baptism of the Holy Spirit. I want to wrap up and I just want to say this. In the Old Testament, some of you are familiar with the tabernacle, right? In the tabernacle, the tabernacle housed the presence of God. So there were basically three portions, three three rooms in the tabernacle. There was the outer court. So there was one door coming into the tabernacle. Let me just remind you, Jesus said, I am the door, right? And no one gets to the Father but by me. So there's one door. You come into the outer court, 
Then you go into, there's the holy, the holy place, and then there's the holy of holies. Listen, when you came, the goal to get to the tabernacle wasn't to be in the outer court or even the holy place. You wanted to get to the presence of God in the holy of holies. There were three things you had to do before you could get to the holy of holies. The first thing you had to do was you had to step in, step to the altar and sacrifice a lamb for the forgiveness of your sins. You know what that represents? Salvation. Can I just remind us today? You don't need to sacrifice a lamb. The perfect lamb has already been sacrificed on your behalf, right? But if you wanted to get to the presence of God, you had to, you had to repent. You had to sacrifice. The second thing was, was there was a laver. It was a, a wash bin and you had to wash your hands. You had to purify yourself. You know what that represents? The baptism in water. And then late, lastly, there was a flask. I know what you're thinking. I've got a flask. It wasn't like your flask. <laughs> there was a flask. And the flask held oil. Throughout scripture, when the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit, it uses some symbolism. Many times it'll talk about fire or wind, right? But regularly it talks about the oil of the Holy Spirit. And, and so in order to get to the, to the presence of God, you had to first repent, then you had to wash, and then you had to be anointed with oil or be with the, have the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you? Listen, they didn't get to say, I only choose the first two. No, you didn't get to go into God's presence your way. You did it his way. You didn't get to establish the rules. God already reestablished the rules. I just want you to know today, you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You don't need to be weird you need all that God has for you. Would you stand to your feet right now? I want to challenge you. Well, let's do this. Let's just close our eyes real quick. And I want to ask you this simple question. If you're here today and you say, I've never taken the first step of salvation, but I want to. I want to surrender my life to Christ. Listen, Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verses 9 and 10 that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus is the son of God and he was raised from the dead Romans 10 13 says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved listen surrendering to God is simply taking the steering wheel of your life and handing it over to him and saying you drive you be my savior you be my Lord some of you today need to take that first step. Every eye is closed. Every head is bowed. I want to ask you very simply, if you want to make a commitment to Christ today for salvation, I just want you to lift your hand and put it right back down. Just lift your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pray a prayer with you real quick. Very simple. I'm going to, I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask you to repeat it after me. And I want every believer in this room to pray in support of these who lifted their hands today. Would you repeat after me? Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you right now in your holy name. I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need a savior. 
I pray that you would forgive my sins, that you would cleanse me from unrighteousness. And I commit today to surrender my will and to live my life for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Let's celebrate with these right now.